job today. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, when you guys came in today, you should have received a program, and inside that program is a study guide. It looks like this. If you'll locate that, we are going to dig into Easter in a parable. And that's what our series has been for a number of weeks. And as we find ourselves here, we find ourselves looking at a parable. And a parable is simply a story, an earthly story. But for Jesus, with Jesus, it's a spiritual principle that he's trying to communicate to us. And so today we find ourselves in a unique situation because Jesus is here and he's telling a parable about his earthly mission to a group of people that aren't really interested in that. They're looking to trap him. They're looking to ruin him. Their goal was to have him join them, but since he knew that since they would not join him, now they're looking for ways to entrap him. So Jesus is actually on his way to teach at the temple. He's on his way to teach, and as he goes there, he's, he's heading out, and he runs into the chief priests and the elders. Basically, he runs into a group of very religious people. He runs into these religious people, and as he runs into them, uh, they confront him. And they're saying, we speak with authority from God, they say. And they say their authority comes from the law. Uh, even so much so that they don't even acknowledge God more than they acknowledge the law. And so, so what happens is, is they, they ask him a question. And I love that Jesus, he usually doesn't give them a straight answer. He usually gives them a question with a question. And so, so he finds himself in this position and not allowing them to control the conversation, he begins to respond to them. And, and, and what they started with was flattery. They started saying, hey, you're a great teacher, you're really cool, we like you, but it wasn't working. Jesus wasn't buying into that, so now they've resulted to, now we're going to insult him and defame him because the flattery wasn't working. And so, so they get to this place and they think Jesus is obligated to answer, but the truth is, he's not. Instead, he tells them what they want to hear, and then he tells them a story that they don't want to hear. The first thing he tells them is that he and John the Baptist spoke from the same source. He says that source that they spoke from is God. He says that John the Baptist, he came foretelling, or he's the forerunner of Jesus, and he says, so we're speaking in authority of God. This did not go over well with religious people. They were not happy to know that. As a matter of fact, they fired him up, and they, he got them, that even got them more opposed so Jesus, knowing that they're already riled up, he said, take a minute, take a breath, let me tell you a story. And he begins to tell this story. He says, here's another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it, and he dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants. So the first thing that he's communicating to them, this isn't your world, it's God's world and you're just living in it. See, these people think that the world belongs to them, but he's letting them know, this ain't your world, this is God's world, you're just living in it. 
And so he says, he leased it to the tenants, and then he went to another country, meaning obviously God is in heaven. And when, when the season for fruit drew near, meaning that it was time for them to start showing and producing something, he sent his servants. Now, these are the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, you name the prophets, and these are the ones. So he sent his servants to the tenants to get fruit. The fruit they're looking for is a fruit of repentance, That's what God's looking for. He sends a message in hopes that people will repent and have their life transformed. So he sent them, and the tenants took his servants, beat one, killed another, and stoned another. And again, he said, so he sent other servants, speaking of John the Baptist and some of the other uh, prophets, more than the first, and they did the same. At this point, John the Baptist had already been beheaded. And so, so we find ourselves in this situation, and, and verse 37 says, Finally he sent his son to them. Now Jesus is speaking, God the Father sending himself. So he's literally telling them this story with him as, as the focal point. He says, Finally he sent his son, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants saw the son. They said to themselves, This is an heir. Come, let us kill him. And we'll have his inheritance. They say, oh, so he's going to inherit the world. If we kill him, then it's our world. It belongs to us. Because Jesus just told him a minute ago, it's not your world. It's God's world. You're just living in it. And so they're thinking that. And so they took him out and they threw him out in the vineyard and they killed him. Now, Jesus is speaking of Good Friday. He's speaking of what's going to happen. Then he asked the question. When, therefore, the owner of the vineyard comes, what do you think he's going to do to those tenants? He asked them a question, a very valid question. And, 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 and they said to him, well, they're going to, he's going to put, still not knowing he's talking about them, he'll put those wretches out to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to, uh, and, and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits uh, in their seasons, meaning that he's going to give the kingdom to people who will actually repent, who will actually produce the fruit that God's looking for, which is a fruit of repentance and agreement with God that we need him. And so, so he says, Jesus said to them, you have, have you never read the scriptures? Now here's a question that's condemning to a group of people that have the scriptures memorized. He's not asking, did you just read this? this these people had full books of the Bible memorized. And he asked them this rhetorical question. Don't you read the scriptures? Don't you know better? And he says to them, he says, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. And, it, and, and is it marvelous in your eyes? He said, God sent me to come, the cornerstone, and you don't think this is marvelous? You don't see, you've been waiting for the Messiah. The prophets had promised the Messiah is going to come, and every time they brought you good news, you killed them. Now the Messiah is here, and you don't think it's good news? Have you not read the scriptures? And so he says, therefore I tell you, the kingdom will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits meaning people who would repent and acknowledge the Son. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived he was speaking about them. Man, these guys are sharp. You know what I mean? They're like, what? 
you know what? I think he's talking about me. And although they were seeking to arrest, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. Now, what did Jesus just told him? You killed the prophets. And the crowd perceives him to be a prophet. So if they go to kill him right now, then what is it? Then everything he just told them is true. So they were like, yeah, we'll let him go now. But that, that was for now. And there would be six trials later, as we well know. And then there would be the sacrifice. They thought they killed Jesus. The truth of the matter is he gave his life for them. And he was trying to help them understand that he was going to make this great sacrifice. So what I want you to see today is it's important that, that the first thing that I want us to see on Easter in a parable is that God has repeatedly sent messengers of his love to unrepentant people. To unrepentant people. God consistently sends his... I can tell you before I knew Jesus, I didn't grow up in church, didn't have all that. So before I came into saving knowledge of Jesus, I had heard the gospel more times than I like to tell you. So God's love, I'd heard about God's love. I'd even went to Easter services with my mom. She put the little patent white leather shoes on me, dressed me and my brother up to look alike. My sister's in their dresses, you know, and we got to paste it in my hair. Well, it kind of looks like this right now, you know. And, uh, and, and we went to church on Easter, you know, but, but, but I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know the fruit that God was looking for was the fruit of repentance. It hadn't, it didn't make sense to me yet. And so, so I find myself in this position and, and, and although God makes his appeal over and over, he sends it just like in 2019. Today is Easter. You have been invited here and you're here today. Now you have an opportunity to make that choice. You made the, the longest, toughest trip is into the doors. Now that you're here, the hardest choice is what will you do? And so you find yourself in a position, and I want you to know, some people come in and the first thing they think is, there's no way that God loves me. I want you to know that that is absolutely absurd. God loves you ridiculously. My life verse, the life verse that I lay everything that I believe in on is Romans 5.8. But God demonstrated his love in this. While I, Mike Conaway, was still a sinner, Christ died for me. Christ died for, you know what it actually says? The ungodly. Isn't that good news today? And so God sends his message of his love to unrepentant people in hopes that the fruit of repentance will be the first thing. Then you give your heart to Christ. The Holy Spirit comes in and begins to live in your life and you produce the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness. All of this fruit starts to be produced in your life. Fruit that wasn't being produced by these guys because of religion. You see, I'm not here to invite you to religion today. No, no, no. I'm here to invite you into a relationship with Jesus Christ that is real, that's vital, and that it's true. And so I hope that you would take the time to really carefully consider this because I'm not talking about religion. Religion will bind you up. The last thing St. Petersburg needs is another religious person. God help us. We need people who are in love with Jesus, in relationship with Jesus, that live like Jesus, walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, and look like Jesus, and stop judging other people. That's what we need. The second thing I want you to see today is God sent his very own son, Jesus, to unrepentant people, even though they rejected him. 
Jesus, God sent them. And as he sent them, he sent them here to encourage, to, to bless them, to build them, to grow them. And he sent, he sent this message to all people. You have a choice to reject or accept. You have a choice. It's up to you. That's what Jesus did for you. You don't have to accept the love of Jesus. By the way, we do have open seats right down here. If anybody needs a seat, there's at least four or five. Please make your way. You're not disturbing me at all. Come on in. There's plenty of room. Amen. Now, I want you to understand that after Jesus' death and resurrection... What he did was he, Peter again told the guys the same thing Jesus just told them afterwards. After Jesus was resurrected, 50 days afterwards, he said, you killed Jesus, God raised him from the dead, and the first thing they said was, what should we do? Because the question still begs, what do you think's going to happen if you kill, if you kill the, the owner what do you think's going to happen? See, all they could think was wrath because that's what they've known. That's what the law calls for, but it's the grace of God. So what happens? They say, what should we do? And, and, and they're expecting Peter to go, there ain't nothing you can do. God help you. But no, he said, the first thing, that the, what's the fruit God's looking for? He said, repent, believe, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. The first fruit that God's been looking for is the same fruit he's still looking for. Repentance. That means to make a 180, to turn away. I love that story. I love that God is calling for them. And then he says, listen... It's all about Jesus because it's always going to be about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. And he tries to help us to understand that Jesus is the center of our life, not religion. You see, when you come to Jesus, you don't come to religion. You come to Jesus. You come to relationship. Religion is a part of that. But the truth is it's relationship that you have to be centrally focused on. If you're not centrally focused on it, then you end up in a religious situation and you get lost in the shuffle and you're not producing the fruit of the spirit you're producing instead the works of the flesh anger malice greed jealousy and all those other things you see these guys they thought oh if we take out the cornerstone then it's all ours not knowing that without the cornerstone nothing is yours and so you see what they they counted on good friday and they thought it was over they didn't know sunday was coming See, they didn't know Sunday was coming. And so, so we see this opportunity that Jesus would defeat Satan, sin, and death. I want you to understand today, here's point number three. Religion crucified Jesus. His death and resurrection made a way for us to have a relationship with God. Our sin put Jesus on the cross. Those religious guys that Jesus was calling on that had corrupted God's true love and made it a law and made it all of this mess. Instead, God's law was there to show our great need for God. Instead, they made it a way to earn your way to heaven, which was never God's intent. 
And so, so, so religion crucified Jesus. His death and resurrection made a way for you and I to have a relationship with God. And so he's saying, listen, the old ways, all the sacrifices and not doing this and not rubbing this and not doing this and not going here and not going there. And all of those religious things you do to make you better than everybody else, they're no good. What you need is to know God. And they're like, we're, we're children of Abraham. He said, no, you're not. I knew Abraham. Before Abraham was, I am. As a matter of fact, you know who you are, children of the devil. Now you say that and people are going to get a little mad at you. (laughs) Especially religious people. They'll get super religious on you then. They didn't understand that this was going to usher in an era of grace and forgiveness. And not man's work, but God's work. And you know what the first thing Good Friday and Easter is all about? repentance that's what God's looking for and is he did I say perfection no I said what because you and I will never be perfect Jesus was perfect because we couldn't be but God is looking for you and I to repent and repent on a regular basis as we are being we are not perfect we're being what as we're being perfected day by day moment, religion wants to condemn you. Relationship with God wants to say, get up, let me dust you off and keep you moving. That's the hope that we have. That's what Easter's all about. It's all about not, what, not about you, it's about Jesus. It's not about religion, it's about relationship. And your whole life is all about Jesus because it's always been about Jesus. It's always going to be about Jesus. And if you and I keep that at the center of our hearts, nothing can separate us. It's when you and I all of a sudden start believing that it's your religion that keeps you in, 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 on the road to heaven. It's a relation. And that's what he's trying to say. He's saying, I'm the capstone. I'm the capstone. But you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to throw stones. You know how the Jews like to kill people back in the day? They stoned them to death. It was an awful, terrible death. And usually it was that one final stone that they dropped right on your head. And, and Jesus said, don't, don't use me as that stone. No, no, no. I want you to use me as the cornerstone of your life. And I want you to build your life on me. I don't want you to use me to destroy other people. You see, religion tells you that you're better than. That's how you know you don't have a relationship with God. When you start looking at other people, deciding you're better than them. Listen, I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. I love you. I'm the pastor of this church, but I need Jesus more than my next breath. If anybody knows that I need Jesus, it's my wife, and she'll testify, I need Jesus. I need Jesus on a good day, bad day, and every other day, because the only way that I'm going to stand before God is Jesus. Nobody else is going to be able to be there. You have to understand, I want to walk so close to Jesus, when he turns around, I keep bumping into him. You know what I mean? He turns around, he's like, like, Mike, can you take a step? I ain't taking a step nowhere. When you step, I step. Wherever he goes, I want to bump into him. You know what I'm saying? I want to bump into him because I want to stay that close to him because I need him. And I don't need religion. I don't need religion. Religion, religion is something that, that tells me I can do it. 
relationship tells me he did it for me and I can trust him and I'm not perfect. I'm being perfected. And some people say, oh, that's dangerous preaching, pastor, because you're telling people to go do whatever they want. No, I'm telling you to do what God tells you to do. And when you're full of the Holy Spirit, he's going to correct you and rebuke you and lead you and guide you. And you ain't going to go acting like a heathen. Those religious people get scared when you get your freedom. They get your freedom and they say, oh, these people are going to run around like a bunch of banshees, like a bunch of crazy people. Say, no, they're not. They're going to run around like a bunch of people that love Jesus and change the world. What if, what if they do this? God will fix it. Are you the Holy Spirit? Last time I checked, you weren't. There's only three members of the Trinity and you ain't one. You know what I'm saying? Trinity means three. I mean, you might need to count four. Is he talking to us? Yep. (laughs) Finally, what I want you to see, man, is faith in Jesus, not religion, becomes the rock on which we build a true relationship with God. Faith in Jesus is what we build our relationship on. That's what we build our relationship on. And that's what Jesus is trying to help them understand in verses 44 through 46. He helps them to understand that God is here to build, not destroy. Of course, they thought that was blasphemous. And they thought that what was going to happen is they're going to mess up their religion. And that's exactly what he did. He messed up their religion and freed a bunch of people. And then on on Good Friday, the veil was torn in two. And all of a sudden, there was only one high priest and his name was Jesus. And you and I could boldly approach the throne of grace, not based upon what we did, but based upon the blood of Jesus that was already shed for us. So the question comes down, Easter Sunday, 2019. Number five on the list. Who are you in the story? Will you receive or reject the Son? You see, first we come to know Jesus. You hear the gospel. You find out that the cross of Christ is where the justice of God met the grace of God. And the rightful wrath of God was satisfied in Christ Jesus and objects of wrath. That was you and me become objects of affection. That's you and me. And then, or you get a chance to reject them because you want to trust in your good works. Good luck. You want to trust in your religion. Good luck. You want to trust in whatever it is you're going to trust in. And when you stand before God, all he wants to know is, do you know my son? That's all he wants to know. You see, there's something that that people aren't counting on. You see, when we talk about the resurrection, some people think we're only talking about Christians. No. Jesus was the first fruit of all men from the dead. The wicked dead are going to be resurrected and the wicked righteous are going to be resurrected. All of us are going to be resurrected. Some will be resurrected to life with Jesus and others are going to be uh, uh, resurrected to death and judgment. You need to read the text. You need to read what the Bible says. People think, oh, when they talk about the resurrection, it's just happy for Christians and the rest of it. No. There is you. Jesus was the first fruit of all humankind. And we will all be resurrected. I'll be preaching about that on the 26th of May. You don't want to miss that message. 
But some people think the resurrection is just for believers. Oh, no, no. The wicked are also raised back to life where they face judgment. So the question comes down to, and and here's here's the dangerous thing. The dangerous thing is if you learn anything from the rich man and Lazarus is that the rich man learns over and over again that how many times he rejected Jesus. He finds out how many times that he rejected and it seems to be on a loop as he's suffering. How many times he heard the good news and rejected it. If you're a believer, I have a question for you. What have you done with Jesus? Have you turned him into a rock that you run into everybody's head who comes in who needs help? Or have you turned him into a cornerstone in which you build the church of Jesus Christ? What have you done with Jesus? Are you like the bad tenants rejecting the word of God and living in disobedience? Are you living or are you producing the fruit of the spirit? Are you producing fruit every day which is repentance? You see, Easter's for you. Easter is meant to be good news, to bring good news of great joy to all people. Easter is about finally being free. You know what the book of Hebrews says? It says Jesus died for you and me. And he died for you and me to free us from death. And then it goes on to say, and I say more, to free us from even the fear of death. That's what Jesus came for. He is the resurrection and the life. And he came for you and me. And you have a choice. And here's how simple it is. There's no religious order to it. I just believe that what this book says is what it means. And see, I don't look at this book as a book of no-nos, a book of religion. I look at this book as a love letter and a book of promises that tells me who I am in Jesus and tells me what I can do and tells me where I can go and tells me the kind of power that I have in the name of Jesus. And this Bible... This Bible tells me in John, which is the believing gospel, that if I believe in Jesus, what you've heard today, and then you choose to receive that message, that anyone, everyone who chooses to believe and receive that message, he'll give you the right to be called children of God. Not based upon a man's will and not based upon your will, but based upon a promise from God. That's what you and I have an opportunity to do. And I want to give you that opportunity today. I want to give you that opportunity today right here on Easter. You see, Good Friday, Jesus paid our sin debt in full. The question is, will you let him assume your debt? You see, when Jesus found me, I'd already, I'd already blown out all of my hope and didn't, couldn't get a credit line. You know, I had so much sin in my life, I couldn't even get a credit line. They wouldn't even give me a a credit card to pennies. You know what I'm saying? Broke. And I recognized I was morally bankrupt. And when I came to him, I realized that I didn't deserve Jesus. What I deserved was death. But then I found out about the love of God. And I found out that he didn't want it to be that way. So Jesus paid for my sins. And then he was resurrected to give me hope and new life. And all I have to do is choose to believe and receive. And then what I do is I live differently. Not, not, not for any other reason, but now it's a thank you note to God. My life is a thank you note to God. I, why, would I never, why would I want to do anything else but bring glory and honor to God when he took somebody like me and had mercy and grace on me?
And you can do the same. And if you watch me on a daily basis, you will find out I am absolutely not perfect. But you will find out that I am forgiven and you will find out that I know how to repent. And you'll find out that I know that my God takes my sin and throws it into a sea of forgetfulness. And even if you bring it up in my face, I don't care. You can do anything you want. As long as I know my God doesn't bring it back up in my face, you can say whatever you want. It's between me and Jesus. It ain't between me and you. It's between me and Jesus. And that's the hope that I'm giving you, a personal relationship with God. No religion, a personal relationship. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today. And we just want to say thank you, God, that it's not about religion. It's about relationship. We want to say thank you, God, that you forgive us. And you take our sin and you remove it as far as the east is from the west. Lord, thank you for this parable that helps us to see that it's all about you because it's always been about you and it's always going to be about you. Thank you, God, that you are our hope. You are our inheritance. You are our cornerstone. And we want to build our lives on you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, I need Jesus more in my next breath. I need him to be my cornerstone. I need him to be my life, my hope. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected. And I want to show him right now that I am repentant. And I want this message to produce fruit in my life in keeping with righteousness. And that first fruit is repentance. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up high in the air? Anybody in the house today that says that's me? Yes. That's me, yes, thank you, that's me, yes, that's me, yes, thank you, thank you, yes, thank you. You may place your hands down. Everyone within the sound of my voice, we're just going to pray this prayer from your heart to God's. We just simply, just simply say, Jesus, I believe in you, and Jesus, I receive you. Your word says that I am adopted into your family, and your word says that, that I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected, and Jesus, your perfection is now applied to my life. I give you everything I am and everything I'm not. I'm forgiven, I am new, and I walk with you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And the church said, amen. amen, amen. Can you give the Lord a great hand today on Easter? What an amazing day it is. You said that prayer, you'll never forget.